Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. Be sure to hit subscribe so that you get a good mood every single week. And today we are talking with Wendy Wallace. Wendy is a wife, a mom, a meemaw, an author, and a Christian life coach. She's also a quadruple amputee, having lost both hands and both feet. And in spite of this really tough loss, she's able to find peace, joy, positivity, and gratitude in her life. And it's because of her deep connection with God. Wendy now spends her time helping women rediscover God's joy, his peace, and fulfillment amid the trials of life by becoming more intentional with their relationship with God. And I'm so excited for this conversation. Wendy, welcome to the Good Mood Show. Thank you, Matt. I'm excited to be here. And Wendy has a free resource for you. She has written an incredible ebook. I've had a chance to read it. And she's offering the book free for our audience. The book is called Inspiring Ways to Start Living Your Best Life. If you're already a subscriber to the Good Mood Show newsletter, you will get a copy this week. If not, and you want a copy, just go to goodmoodshow.com and sign up for the newsletter or reach out on the contact page and we'll send it over to you. So, Wendy, losing both hands and both feet, that's a tough loss. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What happened? Well, I came down with what I thought was the flu. And, you know, I went to bed, thought I could sleep it off and feel better in a day or two. And when it wasn't turning out that way, I ended up going to the emergency room. And very quickly, because I had this swelling on my leg, that was kind of weird, but, you know, I didn't feel good, so I didn't pay too much attention. And they saw that. They very quickly diagnosed me with flesh-eating bacteria otherwise known as necrotizing fasciitis. And so over the course of probably 24 hours, I was on life support. They had life-flighted me to a bigger hospital that was better able to care for me. And they told my family, uh, yeah, say your goodbyes because she's not going to survive this. And my husband said, you know what, doc, you don't know my God. You don't know what he's capable of. Just do what you got to do. We're going to pray. And my husband rallied the troops, the kids, our church, everybody was praying. And, you know, timelines are fuzzy for me, but I would say probably within a week to 10 days, things started turning around and The only thing is, though, in order to save my life, they did have to amputate because the flesh eating bacteria was kind of taking over my internal organs. I'd gone septic and my hands and feet had basically died. So amputation would save my life. And it did. So the amputation was a good thing. Turns out. Yeah. And I always say, you know, you wouldn't have thought that something like this could be, you know, it sounds like it could have been the worst thing that would ever happen. But it really is a blessing. It's how you look at it. It's all perspective because 
It's allowed me a platform to talk about the Lord and to inspire people and to help them see that the way you look at things and the way you bounce back matters. And it's all entirely possible to still have a happy life full of gratitude and joy in spite of what you're going through. I went through cancer back in 2000. And that was a big event, lots of surgeries and chemo and radiation and all that stuff. And, you know, a relationship with the Lord makes a big difference. Yeah, that's and that's really what I wanted to talk with you about today. How has that relationship with the Lord allowed you to be positive and to be upbeat and happy and joyful rather than, you know, wringing your hands and saying, why me? Why did you do this to me? Yeah. When I first came, I was in the hospital for three months. And when I first came home from the hospital, I was stuck in a wheelchair waiting for my prosthetics to be ready. And, you know, I was pretty miserable in a sad way. I was just sad. It was a huge loss. Um, My kids were all teenagers at the time. They were 13, 15, and 18. And I thought, this is a critical time for them. How can I help them anymore? How can I be a wife and a mom? And, you know, I couldn't cook anymore or do the dishes or laundry or any of the things that they needed me for. And what I was neglecting was I was still here. And that's all that mattered to them. And so I did a lot of questioning. I was never angry at God because I always understood that he does things for a reason and he sees things from a different perspective than we do. But I questioned why a lot. And it forced me to dig deeper into my studies. We studied it out in church. And just my answer came in that bad things happen to good people, not so much because of something that we did, but because there is some message that somebody else needs. And that's kind of a hard smack, I guess, for lack of a better word, because why do I have to suffer for somebody else? Right. But way back before this ever happened, my sister had gone through cancer and my mom was saved as a result of that. And so that's kind of how I understood that God has a purpose. And so over time, my spiritual growth just grew because I just okay, I have all this time on my hands. I wanted to know why. And I just got to know the Lord better and better and better. And then it wasn't until later when I started to share my story where I truly realized why this had to happen. Because when I set up my website, One Exceptional Life, and started sharing about overcoming and moving on beyond the struggles, And people would respond. I'd get comments and emails and all this stuff. And it finally hit me that the Lord needed me to share my story so that others could see that there is hope regardless of what goes on in your life. And, you know, just with a little gratitude and some faith and just a positive mindset that it's going to be all right. It's not going to look the same, but it's still going to be okay. And you can still live with peace and joy in your heart. What a beautiful message. And I love the way that you have identified that, hey, life is not going to be without challenge, even if we're a great person. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can we can be the 
the best, most loving, most generous, most caring person, the, the most prayerful person, the person who does lives by the Ten Commandments and then some, reads the Bible every day, and life is still going to have challenge. So, it, but I, I love the way that you have said, hey, sometimes we're going through challenge to help someone else. You know, you had written me an email uh, and you said that that you don't allow the C word to be used in your presence. I have one word that is outlawed with my children and it's the C word. And I just, you know, sometimes I say that and people are thinking a different C, the C word, but the <laughs> yeah. C word that, that we're talking about is can't. Why does can't not have a place in your vocabulary? It never was when I was raising my kids. I didn't want them to think they could limit themselves because they wouldn't try. But when I found myself sitting in that wheelchair, I used it all the time. And it gave me the choice, I guess, when you use that word, when it's an option for you, it gives you the choice to say no to pushing outside your comfort zone and not trying things. And when you do that, it pretty much proves that, yeah, you can't do stuff. But when that word goes out the window and is no longer in your vocabulary, then, hey, yeah, I can do stuff. I'm way more capable than I ever gave myself credit for. So the first year my wife and I were together, on my birthday, she wakes me up really early, like six in the morning. And she, she said, hey, I have a birthday present for you. And I'm like, well, it's, it's early. She's like, I just wanted you to open this one early. And it's wrapped and I start unwrapping it and it's a picture frame. And I look at the picture and it's two people skydiving and my face is plastered on one of them and her face is plastered on another one. <laughs> oh and she said, surprise, we're going skydiving today. And I was like, inside, totally freaking out, <laughs> completely scared out of my mind. On the outside, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. You know, being the macho, <laughs> it was, I, I, you know, I want to impress my wife, you know, it, I, yeah. I, I really like her. And I wanted her to think I was super macho. So we get in the plane and it starts going up and it's going up in circles so slow. <laughs> and we get halfway up and I'm about to lose it. I'm like, are we high enough yet? And he says, no, we're only halfway. And then I, my face just goes white. We get to 10,000 feet and the door opens and the whole side of the airplane opens up to the just the sky. And the next thing Ugh. I know, my wife's like, see ya. And she jumps <laughs> out and she's gone. Oh my gosh. And then like, I think my heart's going to beat out of my chest. And there's a guy, you know, it's a tandem jump, your first jump you do. And there's somebody with you. And he says, all right, on the count of three. And he says, one. And we just flip out. And we're <laughs> in the air, flying through the air. And it's, some, it's crazy. It's kind of like what you were had experienced on the river of, wow, when we do these really adventurous things that take us out of our comfort zone, we do get filled with new possibility. And, and you talk about it in your book about trying new things and being adventurous and how this is uh, a pathway to living an exceptional life. You know, your book starts out with uh, the idea that we need to live in the moment. 
What does that mean to you? It means so often we wait for things, you know, oh, I want to do this, but not right now. It's just the timing is bad or I can't afford it or whatever reason. We've got all sorts of reasons, but, and especially when you're looking at improving yourself and equipping yourself so that you are able to handle things better, you know, for trying to find the right words, but, you know, let's just say you're in this pity party and you've got somebody saying, okay, well, let me help you. But you're like, yeah, not today. Maybe in six months you can come and help. That's kind of ridiculous. And so living in the moment means no, do or do not. There is no try. Let's just go. Let's do. And the longer you wait, the longer you're going to wait. Because then six months from now, you're going to still not be ready. So if you have an idea, it's not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> you know, Take the chance because... You know, when you weigh your options, what's the worst thing that could happen if it's not dangerous or whatever, do it because it's in those moments. Yeah. And this moment was brought to you by God. It is Mm -hmm. literally being presented to you by God. It's not accidental. Yeah. So basically you're just saying, no, God. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I'm not ready. I know you think I'm ready, but I'm not ready. Right. (laughs) And who knows and he's more? Like, well, I'm right here with you. So how much more ready is that? You know, you talk about live by the spirit. What does that mean? Well, it means keeping your connection to God close. When we are born again and we become children of God, we're partnered with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to produce this fruit that is fruit of the spirit, evidence of our relationship with the Lord, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, goodness, you know, temperance, meekness, whatever. Those things are hard to do on our own. Love, joy, peace, right? Love everybody the way you love yourself. Well, most of us don't love ourselves all that much, but if we love the way Jesus did, that's the goal. We cannot do that on our own. We need the spirit of God to help us to do that. So I I have a bracelet that is uh, HWLF, and it stands for He Would Love First. And it's the answer to the bracelets that we had years ago, WWJD, Mm -hmm. what would Jesus do? Well, the answer is He Would Love First. He Would Love First. And uh, so I, I wear that bracelet quite often. And, uh, and, but, but I don't always love first. So I came up with a mantra for myself. And that is <laughs> when I can't, when I didn't love first, I could choose to love second. So I now I'm like, I would love second when I make a mistake. And then, and then I go and apologize and, uh, and choose to love when I didn't make it my first choice. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Because we were, I'm not Jesus. And there's times that I get agitated. (laughs) There's some times that I'm not compassionate and that I'm not empathetic and that I'm not understanding. Yep. If I can recognize those times though and choose to love second, I think I'm doing pretty good today. And the time when it happens and when you recognize it, the more you get used to recognizing it, the shorter the gap between the two. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
one of the parts of your book, you talk about not to worry. How can we live our life without worry? Again, you need the spirit to do that. But if you think about what the Lord says, he just said, don't be anxious, don't worry. Instead, with thankfulness, I'm not even going to finish that because if you think about it, and that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. But if you think about it, if you're worried about something, why not flip the switch on that and say, okay, well, let's think about what I'm thankful about in this situation. And I believe there's a silver lining in every dark cloud, every test, every boo-boo, every everything. There's something to be thankful for. And so simply looking for whatever the blessing is going on in that reason for your worry, I think you can flip it around pretty quick. That's not to say it's a permanent, okay, I will never worry about this thing ever again. And it's a constant. It's kind of like forgiveness. You know, you can forgive somebody for something that they did your whole life. Okay, Lord, I'm going to forgive this person. You said I need to forgive them. I'm going to forgive them because you're going to help me forgive them. They're forgiven. Five seconds later, that lack of forgiveness has flared itself up again. And you got to do it all over again. So you just got to keep doing it till you get it right. And eventually, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Yeah, that's one of the things with these moods, you know, that I've just come to learn. I always think I've mastered one of them. And then I realize there's no such thing. Worry, anxiousness, anxiety, uh, being afraid or scared of the future. This is part of being alive. And, um, And I love what you had to say about it, that I can give it to God I can do everything that I think is prudent and necessary to take care of Mm -hmm. the situation. And then I can choose to focus on what's going right. Once I've done everything I can do, I can choose to start to focus on what I'm grateful for rather than a future that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You know, there's a reason God gave us emotions though, right? What was that? He's emotional. Yeah. And if we're created in his image, I mean, sure, he's not afraid, but. He gave me a fear of snakes to tell me to keep away from them because they're no good. <laughs> yes, right. right. <laughs> yeah, it's inborn. You're, we're born with that. We're born mm-hmm. with a fear of snakes and a fear of spiders and a fear of heights. We're born yep. with a reflex to step away from an edge that we could fall off of. Right, because no practical human being would jump out of an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's trying to impress a woman he wants to marry. Right. Or, you know, it's stretching that comfort zone. The more we stretch it, the more the little things that hold us back in that fear are easier to press out. Hey, if you love to stay in good moods as much as I do, be sure to hit the subscribe button on the Good Mood Show podcast. That way we can get you a good mood every single week. And look, if you know someone else that could use a good mood, Share the show with them. Send them a text message. Let them know about the Good Mood Show and let's brighten up the world. You talk about seeking first the kingdom of God. Why should we seek the kingdom of God first? And and how do we do that? Well, we should because he tells us to, but also because he knows better than we do. And if we're not looking towards the things that God wants for our lives, 
the creator of the universe, then we're looking at selfish things. You know, we're looking at the seeking money. You know, who doesn't want to grow up the ladder of success or who doesn't want a bigger bank account, right? So if we seek eternal value rather than, you know, the stuff that molds and tarnishes and gets stolen and all of that other stuff, then we are witnesses for him. We're doing his work. We're better witnesses to help other people where they may struggle with focusing on climbing the ladder of success. And that's just the only thing they ever think of because they don't know any better. But then we come along and we're like, no, let's focus on what God wants us to do. Put our sights on loving. Every single one of those 10 commandments is achieved by love, right? You can't steal if you love someone. You can't covet somebody's whatever if you love them or adultery. If you love somebody, you won't do these things. And so loving God first, loving everybody else in spite of their unlovableness, love them like Jesus does, did, does, then we're putting our sights on, well, what does God want me to do with this? You know, when I wake up in the morning, God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to serve? And how do you want me to serve them? And if you approach your life that way, you're going to feel his presence more and you're going to make better decisions, I believe. Absolutely. I love that prayer to wake up in the morning and say, God, who do you want me to serve today? Mm -hmm. Who do you want me to love today? What is your will for me today? Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was one of the things I was going to ask you about today. There's people, you know, the person listening may not be intimately familiar with how to pray. Mm-hmm. And they may want to know how to pray. How do you teach someone to pray who is not someone who prays often? A prayer is simply a, a chat with God. It's talking to him like he's sitting on the chair next to you and he is and so many people and he is yeah um and one of the things that i coach folks on is if you're struggling with that bring a chair in the room and that's where jesus sits that's jesus's chair and you talk to him you know if jesus is sitting in your chair right next to you you're probably going to watch an r-rated show right you're probably not going to pick up a stephen king book and read it yeah you're going to talk to him Oh, this is so frustrating. I can't get my laptop to work. What do I do? What do I do? He's sitting there. He's like, breathe. And all of a sudden, everything's working. You know, Um, it's simply a conversation with somebody that you want to know and have a relationship with. And who wants you to know them and Mm -hmm. have a relationship with him. Yeah, more than anything. And he will not force himself on us. Mm-mm. He's invited us because we've all, we all know of Jesus. We all know of right. God. He's invited us, but he will not force us to have a conversation right. with him. We have an invitation. Exactly. It's an open invitation. And, and that's, uh, you know, I, I recorded a podcast called Pray Every Day. And one of the things I said was, if you had an appointment with God, and you could ask him anything, would you take it? 
For me, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Of course I would. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have an appointment with God every single day. And you get to ask him for help with anything and get to ask him for anything, get to ask for his guidance on anything right. every single day if you'll just carve out some time to pray. And so I, I start my morning with it. And I, you know, as a child, I would ask for things. I, actually, when I became confirmed to the Catholic Church, the um, the priest that was confirming us talked to all of us. And he was said, you, you could forget everything that, that is, you've learned if you just remember this one thing. Talk to God every day. And I love, yeah. the, I love that he said, I still remember this. This was eighth grade. I still mm-hmm. remember that piece of advice. Talk to God every day. And, uh, you know, I used to ask for things like ask for girls that I wanted to like me to like me or ask for the right um, clothes or shoes or, you know, things that a high schooler would care about. And my prayers now are, are you know, God, help me be present today. Yeah. Help me be grateful today. Help me spread joy today. Help me be compassionate. Help me, yeah. help me make the person I'm talking with know that I care about them today. Because as, as I read through your book, this was a lot of what you were talking about, was nurturing your friendships, encouraging others, giving more than you receive. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about why this is so important to living our best life? Well, it, it goes back to love. When you treat other people better than you treat yourself, you're loving them. You're showing them love. They may not know the Lord, but you're showing them what it looks like to know him. And, you know, for a lot of us, I think even in the beginning, when we start prayers, it's basically a Santa Claus list. But yes, as you develop, you learn how to talk to the Lord. And the more I learn about him, the more I want to learn, but it's learning his character that we can trust him with, you know, a job or our children or losing your limbs. We learn to trust him and it hurts to go through physical, even emotional things. There's a message in all of it. And for me, it's spiritual growth. The more we're tested and tried, the more we grow spiritually. If there's a big old if there, if you look at it that way, and if you're willing to look at it that way. You know, you could look at it and say, okay, my life is over. This stinks. (laughs) There was a point in my life where I would say, okay, life stinks and then you die. I remember that. And it was That was like a bumper sticker. Yeah. (laughs) It was always a joke. But my kids were always like, mom, you're the positivity queen. Why you used to say that? I know, but I never meant it. It was just a thing that we said. But there's a lot of people who look at it like that. And for those folks, I want them to get the message that that's not the case, that don't waste this life because it's all we've got. And so my goal is to do my best. You know, I want to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I'm going to mess up every single day. But if the goal is to do my best, the cool part is you get a new chance every day every hour, every second, you know, 
you stub your toe and your thrusts across the floor because you're mad at the whatever piece of furniture jumped out and bit you. Yes. But then it's over. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's do better. And then you start over again. And that's just really cool that we have those opportunities over and over and over again until the Lord wants us home. So as we wrap up, you had a challenge for the person listening. And you said to think about one thing that you're struggling with. You know, one thing that you've been hesitant towards or you you think you can't do. And um, when they think of this thing they're struggling with or hesitant about or think they can't do, what, what would you encourage them to do? Do it. Think about, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And what's the worst thing that could happen if you don't do it? How will you grow if you don't do it? Physically, emotionally, all of that. There's growth in everything. So every opportunity I think you get to push that comfort zone a little bit more, you should take it. Now, we're not going to wake up wanting to jump out of an airplane every day, but... Unless it's your birthday. Unless it's your birthday. (laughs) But, you know, let's just say there's a friend you haven't connected with in a long time. And it's just kind of a little nerve wracking to say, hey, you know, that thing that happened to us 35 years ago. That really stunk. I wish that didn't happen. But what do you think? You think we can reconnect? Did that, by the way, just a couple weeks ago. How did it go? And it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I don't even remember where the... You know, it's like you graduate from high school and all of a sudden everybody goes a different way. And and when we reconnected, there were no gaps in time. Isn't it cool? Isn't it cool Other how than those high school bringing friends... Bringing up to date and kids and families and all that stuff. I love that. I love relationships like that. I, I just had the opportunity to go see two of my high school friends two weeks ago. And it was the same. Immediately back. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited for our audience to read this ebook. And uh, if you've loved this conversation as much as I have, make sure you get your copy of this book. You can go to goodmoodshow.com and download it instantly by signing up for the newsletter or reach out on the contact page. And I know that there's going to be people, Wendy, that are going to want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. How could someone get in touch with you and learn more? Well, my website is oneexceptionallife.com and it's O-N-E. Get on my email list. Actually, at the back, you can do that in the back of the ebook that you get from Matt. Get on my email list. I'm putting together a virtual summit in the end of September. I'm not sure when this is airing, but um, where I'm bringing together all sorts of speakers to really talk about all of the things that we talked about today. It's going to be awesome. And I'm just really excited. So So go to the website, sign up for your email list, attend the virtual summit, follow Wendy on social media. I do. And you're always posting such positive things. And even yesterday, I saw your post, you were going through a hard time, but how you were able to shake it off and apply the things you've learned to your own life. But yeah, I love your spirit. I love this message and you've helped me open my heart to more joy and ultimately love today. Oh, thank you. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.